All right, so welcome back. Uh, today, continuing uh, presentation of Sutta Nipata and the main link. I'll send you right here. You have it already. 71 suttas in five chapters. We've gone through four. Today, we're four of the suttas in the first chapter called Uravaga or Uraga, Uraga Vaga, snake chapter. Today we look at Sutta Nipata 1.5, chapter 1, Sutta 5, Chunda. Chunda Sutta means to Chunda. And um, the topic written here is four different types of contemplatives and how to recognize them. And uh, Chunda was a smith, meaning um, he... Uh, like a blacksmith would make uh, what metal implements for um, farming and um, husbandry and uh, home use something like that what I want to do is um, read through the Chunda Sutta that's the link talking about four types of disciples or four types of people um, that uh, can be recognized in the community. Uh, this also the Buddhist community, the Sangha, or by someone looking into Buddhism. This is also applicable to four different types of uh, wanderers. Um, it's generally going to be three of the four because the first is the one who's completed, who's achieved complete and perfect enlightenment. So, in a Buddhist context, that means the Buddha himself or any of the arahants. Uh, these four categories of aspirant or disciple or spiritual person or wanderer uh, is certainly applicable to understanding uh, the types of spiritually developed people and teachers and helpers we meet, we see in the world. We can also understand these four categories for ourselves, uh, reference, re referencing where we may be uh, in fulfillment, how, how we may be living, or where we find ourselves, where each person listening may find themselves, him, herself, in the spectrum here. Uh, basically, the, the brief is you've got um, the one who's finished. The, the Buddha gives four categories. The victor of the path, victor meaning the one who has victory, who has achieved complete and perfect enlightenment, or uh, a person in so it's again we're talking the original is the buddhist sangha and so then we can um, extrapolate to four types of spiritual people in the world or four categories for our own uh, expression of our spirituality or life purpose or manifestation but originally this is obviously buddhist community. So the victor of the path being the Buddha or an Arhan, teacher of the path, one who lives by the path, and one who corrupts the path. Then, after we go through that, I want to look at, a, a bring to your attention <clears throat> an interesting page from the ancient days of internet. Uh, if you look at it, it's uh, the top it says, this page is an outdated user-generated website brought to you by an archive mirrored from GeoCities at the end of October 2009, 10 years ago, called Twilight Masters. 
about the fourth category, the corrupter of the path, written as um, an article in one of the journals of two walk-ins who regularly change their names um, that I had some interface with in the late 80s in the Bay Area of San Francisco. Uh, Actually, I think I probably heard about their work possibly in the late 80s before I went to San Francisco. And in the early 90s, I met some people who were following these people, or I met some people who were (laughs) styling themselves as a comparable walk-in couple. And this couple uh, came out of a group called Extraterrestrial Earth Mission, shamelessly uh, acknowledging themselves as walk-ins and very aware of wanderers and walk-ins. And in fact, I may have chosen a couple the, a couple of people of the 25 I interviewed for my first book from elsewhere uh, when I did the research uh, for my PhD dissertation in the very early 90s. A couple of people I interviewed, I think, were connected to this group and considered themselves walk-ins or no longer consider themselves walk-ins. But this is all about... Uh, walk-in channeling of the late 80s and early 90s. And you can even see a copy of their book. I'm not sure I would recommend it, but a copy of their book on Amazon. And the book is called uh, Extraterrestrial Earth Mission, The Awakening, Co-Creating Heaven on Earth with these two extraterrestrial walk-ins. At the time that they wrote this chapter or issue called the, the article called Twilight Masters, they were named uh, Savizar and Solara. Uh, earlier they had other names. Later they had other names. So <laughs> there's a really, you've got a couple. And so John and this woman. And he was known first as Avinash, then Aktivar, Alarius, Savizar, and then finally Zavira. <coughs> so <coughs> you've got people who are doing this in the 80s, <laughs> in the 90s and 80s. Uh, it's a little bit um, immature to me, but uh, they really believed that they were um, the identity of the successive uh, pairs of walk-ins coming into their bodies and speaking through them. Meanwhile, despite what anyone might think of that, um, some of their teaching is, I think, excellent, and some of it, I think, is mistaken as usual. (laughs) But they're very clear that uh, the purpose of the corrupter of the path is for one's own discernment. And so I'll explain that as we get into it. So, back back, uh, starting with uh, Chunda Sutta from Sutta Nipata 1.5. This was translated by Tanisaro Bhikkhu as before. So I'll read it and give some commentary. Then we'll go to look at what the uh, extraterrestrial walk-ins have to say about the fourth category, the corrupter of the path, and how he or she um, offers, fulfills an important role for seekers. So, um, Chunda Sutta to Chunda the Smith, uh, starting at the top. So, Chunda the Smith uh, speaks... He says, I ask the sage of abundant discernment, awakened, Lord of the Dhamma, free of craving, which is uh, uh, Tanha, supreme among two-legged beings, 
best of charioteers, how many contemplatives are there in the world? Please tell me. And Gautama replies, four contemplatives, Kunda. There isn't a fifth. <clears throat> Being asked face to face, I'll explain. And here are the four. The victor of the path, the teacher of the path, one who lives by the path, and one who corrupts the path. Chunda replies, Whom do the awakened call the victor of the path, and one who is an unequal teacher of the path? Tell me the one who lives by the path, and explain to me one who corrupts the path. So he's basically saying, Who is it that's the victor of the path? Who, the unequal teacher, who is the one that lives by that path, and then who is the one that corrupts it? Gautama replies, in explaining the first category, <clears throat> the first type of contemplative. He says, He's crossed over perplexity, his arrow removed, delighting in unbinding, free of greed, the leader of the world with its devas, one like this, the awakened call the victor of the path. Second, he here knows the foremost as foremost, who right here shows and analyzes the Dhamma, that sage, a cutter of doubt unperturbed. He's called the second of monks, the teacher of the path. Then, mindful, restrained, he lives by the well-taught Dhamma principles, path, associating with principles without blame. He's called the third of monks, one who lives by the path. And then, creating a counterfeit of those with good practices, self-asserting, a corrupter of families, intrusive, deceitful, <clears throat> unrestrained, chaff, going around in disguise. He's one who corrupts the path. Any householder, having ferreted these out, a discerning disciple of those who are noble, knowing they aren't all the same. Seeing this, his conviction is not harmed. For how could the corrupt with the uncorrupt, the pure, the impure with the pure, be put on a par? <clears throat> so, uh, this final conclusion, concluding stanza, uh, shows the function or value of getting clear on these four categories of contemplative or monk or Buddhist uh, seeker or spiritual seeker or wanderer or spiritual person in the world. The value is, first of all, this is about discernment. <laughs> this is all about discernment, meaning discernment, fifth ray, and the lower chakras clearance associated with the capacity for discernment. Discernment very much fifth ray, blue ray, fifth chakra, Vishuddhi, very much Vishuddhi Maga, or the path of Vishuddhi, <clears throat> uh, depends on the sufficient development of chakras one, two, three, four. And four depends on one, two, three, being sufficiently cleared of blockage. And that depends on, you know, self-investigation, um, psychological honesty, honesty about my own psychological conditions, my pain, my... Um, distorted beliefs, my wrong views, my old pain, anger, 
grief, fear, uh, distortions of self-image, <clears throat> unhealed, imprinted pain, all of that healing to release is the work that does the clearing of the lower three. That is the sufficient work um, associated with the development, particularly a fourth ray, you know, uh, the psychological is healed by love, love being unconditional, unconditional acceptance of what is, honest uh, accepting of my pain, my issues, my mistakes. And so the third stage beyond kindness and honesty being self-correction, or I realize I'm mistaken, I'm thinking wrongly, <clears throat> my patterns of mind are unhelpful. Uh, that's not all of me. But in, you could say, don't look at my faults. Well, you know, you don't call them faults. You don't, we can or cannot, don't have to call them faults, but we have chakra blockages. We have unhealed wounding. We have psychological complexes. We have distortions in self-esteem and even the distortion of self-image itself. Self-image being distorted conceptual overlay of, of true being, true nature. Of course. So, you know, if we want to learn and grow, we have to find how we've not, where, where we are confused and where we're mistaken and where we're distorted and where we're blocked and where we're out of balance and when we're, where we're excessive and deficient. It's necessary and it's painful and it's necessary and that's the leading edge of growth. <laughs> so, um, the, <clears throat> dis, the, criti the, the primacy, the critical requirement of discernment which depends on a, a very deep personal emotional psychological self-healing which activates for which is the which comes naturally with the development of love understanding fourth chakra green ray all preparatory to development of discernment necessary to be able to see that there are four types of contemplatives or four types of spiritual people coming out of this understanding of four types of buddhist monks or buddhists in the world the point is, they're not all the same, <clears throat> and the point for knowing that, the, the value of knowing they're not the same, knowing there are, there can be understood to be four categories. There can be, it can be understood to be that there are four classes of spiritually minded people. Why is that valuable? It's valuable for many reasons. One is that one's conviction is not harmed. One doesn't throw out the baby with the bathwater one throws out the bathwater that may be sullied or polluted, as particularly the fact that there are some corruptors of the path. And so one should not put on a par the fake spiritual teacher from a real spiritual teacher. And a fake spiritual teacher or a liar or a charlatan or a deceiver or a manipulator or an exploiter or a scandal-generating, um, still-unhealed, selfish, self-centered, narcissistic, sociopath, psychopath, false prophet, spiritual, um, spiritual charlatan, shouldn't be put on, you know, doesn't, doesn't um, invalidate spirituality or spiritual path or cosmic plan or the reality of multidimensional soul evolution. The, the reality of creation and some of what they say um, stands true despite the fact that that's a person who is a corrupter of the path and a 
liar <laughs> and a fake. <clears throat> so uh, one's conviction in a path and the real goals of path that are achievable and the reality of soul evolution and cosmic plan, knowing that or that knowing should not be harmed or will be not harmed <laughs> by the wise one who discerns that there are people who are corruptors of the path and liars and fakes and this and that. Um, but that doesn't invalidate um, the reality of path and the reality of, of work to do. <clears throat> so in the case of Buddhism, uh, the, the reality of, of Buddha's attainment, the reality of the, the path he speaks and the principles of that path he speaks, those truths are not invalidated and one's conviction in them is not harmed by realization that there are some people who are corruptors and corrupted, speaking similarly uh, as he or any true spiritual teacher. And this is wise discernment that realizes that there is a corrupt and an, and an uncorrupt, there is impure and pure, they should not be put on par, they should not be um, equated or uh, understood as an equivalence, they are different. And so how many contemplatives, there are only four, the victor, the teacher, the one that lives by path, and then one who corrupts the path. Uh, in <clears throat> Gautama's first explanation of the victor, this is <laughs> the one who's finished with path, uh, being seek and become one, the original desires, entity seek and become one. This is one who's finished that work. Um, the victor, V, with a capital V. Uh, crossed over perplexity, no more doubt, no more confusion. They're you know, presumably in omniscience, which is perfection of um, mind. Arrow, un arrow removed, <clears throat> uh, meaning shot with the arrow of desire that leads to suffering and um, <laughs> sepsis and uh, pollution of mind, body, spirit, or harm or illness or downfall. The arrow of longing for sensual pleasure, for changed mental states, for um, um, no mental state or formlessness or dissolution. These levels of craving and clinging are gone. The arrow is out, the wound is healed. Delighting in unbinding meaning he's finished and he is unbound, no more binding by desire, by ignorance and desire, by craving and clinging free of greed, leader of the world with his devas, and that's, you know, above the confederation, a, a uh, core member of the Council of Saturn, uh, above the ETs, above the negative ETs, above the confederation of four, five, six-dimensional positive groups. <clears throat> that's why Gautama and Buddhism uh, aims has a higher aim than um, <clears throat> the, the people who are... Um, idealizing uh, positive negative ET. Uh, this is beyond um, birth and death, beyond the seven dimensions or the 31 planes, Triloka, six realms, beyond all that uh, one may uh, one may go, one may uh, achieve, then that, that one is a master of the seven dimensional situ situation. 
and basically is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipotent. <clears throat> so that's <laughs> far from us, and we're not gunning for that generally. And anybody who thinks, anybody who says he is a, a living Buddha or completed, um, is most likely a corrupter of the path in the fourth class. So this one, like one like this, the awakened, the awakened call the victor of the path. <laughs> so in a certain manner, it doesn't matter what ordinary people think. It matters what enlightened people think. <laughs> and hopefully we can continue to align our thinking with the thinking of those beyond us. Our understanding and our vision, our awareness of self and path with the awareness and understanding of those who are further than us on the path. Second category, <clears throat> uh, the teacher of the path. One knows the foremost as foremost. He knows what's really important as really important, what's lesser important as lesser important, what's unimportant as unimportant, what's harmful as harmful. So there's harmful, and then there's not harmful but unimportant. There's not harmful, obviously, and helpful, and, and quite important. And then there's helpful and essential, meaning supremely important or essential. And so... For transformation of mind, morality is essential. For awakening and stabilization in uh, transformed being, uh, insight, <laughs> awakenings are essential, based on morality. <clears throat> for morality to be, you know, Shila Samadhi Prajna here. So for discernment or wisdom or insight or awakening, um, Prajna, <clears throat> the last of the three bases of the path, uh, the first two are required, are essential. Morality, shila, and concentration, uh, calm abiding, meditative ability, the ability to quiet the mind, to have a concentrated, still um, mind that can focus and, and rest, that is at rest and may focus freely and therefore can see and see in and therefore know without deep thought you know that's what we're seeking so that's deep samadhi <clears throat> that is the basis of prajna that itself samadhi or mind concentration calm abiding um, equanimity and concentration uh, depends on morality and that's you know <laughs> right right action right speech right livelihood <clears throat> that depends on uh, some discernment before to be able to even figure out what's right and wrong. Right and wrong just means helpful and harmful. What's right is right because it's helpful. What's wrong is wrong because it's harmful to self and other. That's it. That's morality. <clears throat> so we can say sin and uh, virtue vice, evil, good and evil, but really it's what's truly helpful and what's truly harmful. Meanwhile, there are degrees of that. And so the teacher of the way, <laughs> uh, right here, shows and analyzes the Dhamma and um, loves the truth. That is a sage. That one does what? That one cuts doubt, <clears throat> answers questions. But, you know, questions may be answered, but if your mind is still flying around and going in circles and splitting and splitting, you won't be able to cut your own doubt because you cut your cutting. You, you undercut your cutting. And so if the mind doesn't know concentration or stillness, one remains perturbed, one remains 
um, in a kind of um, restless, disturbed doubt, uncertainty, uh, ever uncertain, ever unsettled. This is a problem of, of mental processing, despite the contents may be clear. <clears throat> so, um, the teacher of the way, uh, like Lao Tzu, or uh, any of the teachers we work from, knows what's most important, knows what's secondary, tertiary, and unimportant, knows, uh, you know, I mean, this is the, the height of knowing, the, the summit of deep knowing. Since they're not finished with the way, there are certain limits to their knowing, but they know quite fully, quite well, um, the principles of the way to completion. And that, and particularly that, this is also the value of learning. The value of learning is to move out of doubt, to cut one's doubt, and to move out of perturbation, or dismay, or an upset mind, or a disturbed mind, to move towards equanimity or quiet mind, lack, you know, freedom from self-conflict <clears throat> and freedom from confusion. So perturbation and self-conflict are often associated with lingering doubts, lots of unknowing. And yes, of course, we can't know anything fully and, and perfectly and thoroughly and wholly. Uh, however, we can know some. We, there can be relative knowing that puts doubt to rest, that puts doubt to bed go to bed doubt and uh, go away or take a break and so uh, it doesn't matter that all my knowing is is minuscule <laughs> that all our knowing is minuscule is relative is partial is incomplete is imperfect it doesn't matter it can be sufficient to finish doubt and return to equanimity or develop equanimity and freedom from perturbation perturbation as a is structural disturbance structural the disturbance of like a skyquake continual quaking of mind continual agitation restlessness disturbance dismay unease dis-ease of mind often associated with doubt and that's associated with wrong view that hasn't been clarified and so the teacher of the way if one can listen <laughs> one may be able to uh, transform wrong view to right view or be, move, move out of doubt and come to, you know, many, to, 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 to develop the ground of stable, a stable ground of relative certainty, relative knowing. It's all relative and incomplete, but it can be relatively stable and certain and settled and doubt can go. And yet we're still on the way. So the second type of monk is a teacher of the path. The third is one who doesn't teach but lives by it. And these are some of the principles of living by the way. By the way, uh, by the Tao, on the path of Dhamma or the Eightfold Path, the path to freedom from suffering and ignorance. The principles are being mindful, restraint, <laughs> restraining oneself and one's mouth and one's hands particularly uh, when needed lives this one lives by the well-taught dhamma principles of the path or the path they know what <laughs> right action right speech right livelihood is all about and seek to keep that and they know um, when they need to be heavy-handed with themselves and say just don't do it and um, 
and then you know when we get into trouble uh, we can look into how we got into trouble that's okay inevitable we get into trouble by lack of wisdom lack of discernment non-restraint and um speech and action that's harmful to self and other it's inevitable so we make bad decisions we screw up in speech <clears throat> we uh hurt people and hurt ourselves we miss opportunities it's inevitable the point is what happens after we recognize that that there's a problem here um then you know with understanding and forgiveness we can Mm, accept our regret and remorse and not beat ourselves up about it and um, make some true self-correction of our mistaken view or mistaken activity or what do what we hadn't done or why or what we realize now we ought to do whatever <clears throat> but the point is that um, the one who lives by the way doesn't need to teach the way and it's fine for people to to learn without being a public teacher and the one who's a public teacher <clears throat> is is worth um is worthy only to the extent that they're living the principles so that you got to live the principles to really be a fine teacher and you've got to be a you, you know anybody who's uh, living the principles and could teach <clears throat> um would could be finished could finish the path but one could finish the path without teaching or one could, you know, Gautama was not teaching until he became, you know, uh, samyak sambodhi, or achieved a complete and perfect uh, awakening, uh, the right and perfect uh, right sambodhi, the the right uh, awakening. Uh, he didn't teach until he got it, and so <laughs> there's a kind of a little irony that so many people who are <laughs> so much in pain and with so much confusion and so... <clears throat> not even clear about many principles are teaching today. That's just the way it goes. It's, uh, you know, enlightenment for the masses. And so anybody can take a weekend workshop and become a master with a certificate. Um, you can become an avatar over a weekend. So uh, things have degraded a bit today. Meanwhile, um, you know, it's available for people and we can demystify the path, which is good. So this, the third type is this one who's mindful, restrained. <clears throat> they're not teaching, but they're um, endeavoring to continue living in harmony with uh, principles of, of soul evolution, positive polarization, you know, harmlessness, uh, care for self and other, the basic development of green, blue, indigo. But they're not teaching about it, and they live by the path. Then, on the bottom, <laughs> we have the liar. Um, creates a counterfeit of those with good practices. They ape positivity, as Ra said. And so, uh, the fake, the, the corrupter of the way, the twilight master, as we'll see in the next link, um, creates a facsimile, a false representation uh, of virtue of wisdom of beneficence of community um into a self-serving um control structure uh they are a counterfeit from the start and you got to figure it out for yourself they are surely self-asserting and so <clears throat> uh this is um 
this little stanza about the corrupter of the way, corrupter of the path, gives us some interesting themes or principles uh, by which to recognize such and um, uh, a brief overview of some of the key functions and activities of such a corrupter. Uh, They first, as I said, can be seen to be counterfeiting the real, the real of good practice of morality. They talk a good game. They, you know, talk the talk but don't walk the walk, that kind of thing. They talk the talk but can't walk it. They can't live in accord with what they're teaching uh, as an ideal way. Of course, you know, only the people closest to them would know. And uh, generally when scandals come out, like who? Well, there's Edo Shimano Roshi, my teacher in Daibasatsu Zendo in 1980, 81. There's (laughs) uh, Baker Roshi, student of Shunryo Shizuki. This is for the Zen community. There's some scandal of Maizumi Roshi. There's some scandal of um, Kalu Rinpoche, Trungpa Rinpoche, also Tenzin, the, 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 this is the Dharma Datu, Vajra Datu, and the Sakyong is Trungpa's son. Um, uh, Sogyal Rinpoche, <laughs> and some other Tibetans. Uh, there's scandals all over the place. Are they all corruptors? I don't know. I don't know, Um, but they all made some trouble. Uh, Meanwhile, some of what the corrupter says is absolutely true and helpful. My time with uh, Edo Roshi in Daibasatsu Zendo, upstate New York, for me, uh, he did right by me. He gave me good teaching and help. Um, Meanwhile, he did a whole lot of harm. And so while there's counterfeiting virtue, there may be some uh, genuine wisdom proffered by such corruptors. Um, they may have, clearly, they'll have some attainment. And you'll see this further when we get to the next um, document. Uh, they are self-asserting. Yes, <laughs> they're very much full of themselves. And um, the, the real great teachers um, are, are, not, are, are free of self-referencing because there is no... There's no more belief in a substantial self to reference. They're talking about the principles of the way. They're talking about the nature of the goal. They're talking about the nature of creation, the nature of attainment, the principles of the of the way, the nature of distortion and its remedy. Um, that's it. They're not big on history telling of themselves. And um, it's just not important who they are, or what, what's about them. It, their feelings are not important. Sentiment is irrelevant because, you know, it's the truth of the way, the truth of healing distortions and um, knowing the principles of the way, particularly the, the heart nature of uh, the work of Green, Blue, Indigo, Fourth, Fifth, Sixth Chakra in balance, and the nature of the goal and attainment. Um, and purpose, divine purpose, um, these are important, not not assertion of a selfhood, which is a, is a folly and fallacy anyway. So uh, 
teachers who are very full of themselves are um, somewhat corrupted and corrupting. Corrupter of families. It doesn't just hurt individuals, they're hurting collectives. They're hurting families. When they hurt one person, they're hurting the family in which that harmed person lives, even if they're far. So hurting a person in a sangha by a corrupt teacher, a bad one, um, ends up hurting the loved ones of that person who's fallen under the sway of a liar. And so it's a big deal. So you're talking about karma, right? You didn't just hurt that person or uh, distort them further. You hurt the people around them too. And so your karmic due will be more suffering. Intrusive. Yeah, pushy. That's right. You must, you must, you must. Thou shalt not. Or God will strike you down. Or I'll strike you down. Or you can't leave the room. Or you've got to do this and you can't do that. Our, our organization demands it. You'll be punished. Now, Buddhism has rules in the monks. You know, you do certain things as a monk, they will throw you out. That's not intrusive, I think. That's a rule. There's a rule here. You follow, fine. You stay. You don't follow, fine. You leave. I don't think that's intrusive. Intrusive means pushing into. Not not uh, guideline setting. There's, there's unfair guideline setting, too. And one needs a lot of discernment to determine which rules and regulations are fair and which are intrusive. But there are some that are fair and there are some that are intrusive and they're not the same. They should not be put on par. Don't equalize or, you know, equate the unfair and the fair <laughs> regulation or rule or teaching or guidance or requirement. You know, it's fair. You come into my house, you can't uh, kick the walls in. That's not allowed <laughs> in the house, you know. So... Um, that's unintrusive, but a, but a corrupter or a negative teacher or a deceiver, um, <clears throat> they are pushy. <clears throat> they push you to give them money. They push you to swear allegiance. They push you to act this way and that, to do and not do on their behalf. Of course, it's always with lovely words like, this is good for you, or this will clear your karma, or by this you purify your mind. Or, it's always been this way, and I am simply the vessel of God, and uh, it's all for God's glory, but you better this or that. So, anyway, anybody, we've all seen, this is the time of false prophets, as Yeshua said, so we know, we see this all around us. Deceitful, unrestrained, and chaff. Deceitful, falsehood, unrestrained, um... They do whatever they want, regardless of result. Um, it seems to me one who's um, one who's completely awakened does whatever they want in accord with what's best for all, in accord with harmlessness and what supports all beings or any beings in their development. Uh, but this unrestrained is not restraining from harm. <laughs> and doing harm. Chaff means coarse. Uh, and, you know, there are many teachers who are very dull. And um, many people who don't know what they're talking about. Or they say words, they're just saying, repeating what they've read and not thought about. What they've not digested. Going around in a disguise, meaning they're a fake. <laughs> uh, aping positivity, fake holy man. This one corrupts the path. And so the point is, 
<clears throat> to be discerning, to ferret out, to determine, to, to distinguish these levels is critical. They're not all the same. Not two people who say the same truth or the same make the same statement are not the same. One person says I'm a wanderer, and I'd say they are. Another person says I'm a wanderer, and I think they're not. They they have a psychological you know issue. But there are some people with very serious psychosis who are still wanderers. <laughs> and some of what they say may be absolutely true, and the next thing they say is not true. And so, <laughs> discernment is a very big matter. Uh, but the point is, there is path, there is goal, there are truths. Um, and one should understand that there are different classes of people involved in self-development. And nearly nobody has finished the path or is at the stage of victor. Lots of people who are teaching the path, the second stage, lots of them are deceivers or corruptors. Even the ones that are not deceivers or corruptors are not victors. <laughs> they may not be sotapanna. They may not really know deeply the principles that they're teaching. Or they may. Or some they know and some they don't know. Or they're great in this area and that they don't know. Okay. And then it's then there's those that follow but don't teach, and that's just fine too. That's excellent uh, because if the person's really living, um, you know, seeking to purify, harm to self and other, and develop wisdom and balance, that's a great benefit to the whole world. So anyway, that's Chunda Sutta, and I think it's very important when we look further at the last category. The other link, oocities.org, Earth, ET Earth Mission, Twilight Masters from Issue 3. I'll read some of this and uh, briefly comment uh, the last link that I sent. Well, not the last, second to last. Encyclopedia.com gives you the history of this group called Extraterrestrial Earth Mission. You can see a much lower standard <laughs> than Gautama and Pali Buddhism. But still, there's some good teaching. And they're teaching particularly about the corruptors of the way. So, Twilight Masters Issue 3. I'll read it through and uh, comment briefly. This world is full of masters. In one extreme, there are masters of limitation. And at the other end of the spectrum, you find masters of divine expression. So these are the two that they consider. And at the place where beings are moving from mastering limitation to mastering divine expression, there are those who are the gatekeepers. These beings stand at the doorway to a life completely guided by your divine beloved spirit. We call these beings the twilight masters. And so these are corruptors of the way that may be helpful. They are usually people who have an amazing ability to emit light and fluently speak the language of, quote, New Age love, they can be very spiritually attractive. In fact, they can be downright dazzling. What becomes apparent after prolonged interaction with these beings is that, after an initial high, you find yourself in a nice, tight, condescending, downward spiral. They are extremely seductive because they know how to say all the right things. Their actions, however, do not seem to match their words. There is usually an increase of struggle in your life when you spend a lot of time with them. The Twilight Masters have one basic job. 
That is to offer beings opportunities to develop their discernment. That is the, quote, big picture perspective. Most of them are unaware of their role, however. They are just people who are tormented through most of their life because they sense that some part of who they are is in service to the dark forces. Many of them would be devastated to know of their functions, but we have run into at least one who was excited to find out that they were providing just this service, or that they were providing the service, the service uh, to the dark force. The fact that they, they were so tormented is often what seduces others who think if they could just love them enough or help them see the light, they could rescue them from their torment, meaning students or followers who see the wounding of the teacher <clears throat> and want to help. There are always greater and greater levels of discernment available. The forces of limitation are periodically checking in to see what your Achilles heel might be. If you have a weakness of spiritual ambition, you know, you're here to save the world or something, then you will often be sent a Twilight Master who can give you one more opportunity to attempt that, meaning attempt to save the world. Meaning, some of the people who end up with corrupt, ambitious, deceitful, fake rulers or teachers are themselves ambitious to be such. Um, an ambitious student meets a fake, ambitious charlatan teacher. When the liar is ready, the greater liar appears. Essentially, going on, what you are being confronted with is darkness disguised as light. And this line was repeated. Essentially, what you are being confronted with is darkness disguised as light. Many naive spiritual neophytes will challenge entities that may be channeled by these beings by asking them who they serve. If they are dark force entities, they will usually lie and often have a great ability to share wisdom and love that is quite, un quite impressive to the untrained eye. The Twilight Masters usually do not consciously know that they are serving the dark forces, so they can, can sincerely answer that they are serving the light. Most of them spend much of their time trying to protect people from what they fear, not knowing that those who serve fear and doubt serve the dark forces. They are primarily focused into helping people, quote, do the right things. It is the way they hold you in their consciousness that undermines your magnificence. So, I guess it always comes down to the same thing, your own discernment. Since the dark forces can lie, and twilight masters beneath them are usually deluded, you must always live your own truth and follow your own inner guidance. <clears throat> and here's a section of some things that I wouldn't agree with, but this is their way. They say, we they. We prefer to only follow our own divine beloved spirits in every situation and to remove or restructure anything in ourselves that would cause us to follow anything else. This allows us the ecstasy and fulfillment of a life filled with sense of purpose, direction, and meaning that is beyond the seductive grasp of the dark forces or twilight masters. <clears throat> no matter what level you are operating at, it is always about discernment. We focus our discernment primarily into listening to our spirit's directions and secondarily into being conscious of any energies that would attempt to undermine our ability to do that. It's a 24-hour-a-day job, but the alternative of living a life of denial 
living a life of the denial of your spirit is, in our opinion, far more work. And so we can look into that. I have some objections or reservations about some of what they just said there, but fine. Finally, they say, we offer this to you as stimulation toward your own insights. There is much more that could be said in terms of providing clues to assist in the knowing of, quote, who's who in the zoo. We honor that your spirit has already been telling you about this, and we are just providing a model in the form of words for you to be able to articulate for yourself or to yourself and others what you have already intuitively known. Your discernment is probably, quite probably more developed than you realize. All you have to do is stop discounting what you know. Very powerful last lines, I think. <clears throat> so from the top, um, in their terminology, they call, they, they say that some people are masters of limitation and some are masters of divine expression. Their view, you know, I mean, everybody puts their own lingo to it, but I think for them, masters of limitation are probably akin to these twilight masters. No, actually, their, um, sorry, their, their view is actually the twilight masters are in the middle as gatekeepers. Um, I believe, yeah, mastering limitation is something like either um, experiencing a tremendous amount of suffering and limitation and pain, um, having, having basically perfectly created, I'm not sure exactly what they mean. It's a, there's a long story. It's a, I'm, not, I'm not fully versed on uh, all their teaching here. But this masters of limitation are either those who have created for themselves profound <laughs> limiting life, meaning they have a lot of bad karma, or there are those who have gotten out of that, those who whose lives are fully bound and and tied down and harmed by their own, you know, self-generated negative karmic. Um, uh, uh, configurations of circumstance, body health, mental conditions, relational conditions, work, finance, and all that, that are so, they've so bo tightly bound themselves that they're really stuck and could be called masters of limitation, or those and or those who've gotten themselves out of that. That's on one side, and that's basically very 3D life. And the other side is they, they say master of divine expression, which would be those who um, know the path very well, very much akin to the second category of contemplative, the teachers of the way, teachers of the path. Uh, but in the middle um, are um, gatekeepers. Mastering, not, neither mastering limitation nor mastering divine expression, the gatekeepers, the twilight masters, um, quote, stand at a doorway to a life completely guided by a divine beloved spirit. You see, Buddhism doesn't talk this way. Like, my life is guided by my divine beloved spirit. It's a little um, saccharine, you know? It's like uh, n kind of new sweet in the paper plastic packet. Uh, so I, I wouldn't talk this way. And people who talk this way, they don't know what they're talking about generally, because... Uh, divine beloved spirit, what? Higher self. So what? Guided by higher self, what? Your higher self is making decisions? Sorry, it doesn't work that way. And the problem, as I see it, in my limited understanding, uh, 
down the page, second to last paragraph, this is their way, they say, they only follow their own divine beloved spirits. Now there's an S there. Does that mean they're just all day long listening? What should I do? What should I do? What's going on? I think some people do that, actually, all day long. They're wondering internally, what should I do? What's happening? Guide me, guide me, guide me. That is a very nice opening for negative entities to take over one's mind or make trouble. And so their their way, which I do not recommend, is um, some kind of 24 hours a day checking in to their own mind intuition, what's going on and what should they do? Well, if you... You know, if you're washing dishes, wash the dishes, right? If you're talking, talk clearly and well. If you're with your friend, be present and listen and see and uh, learn and help. (laughs) Isn't that enough? Is there something missing there? So maybe they think so. Uh, I, and, and they talk about allow the ecstasy and fulfillment of a life filled with sense of purpose, direction, meaning. Well, it's critical to have a, a, a sense of purpose and direction and meaning and when you have a direction that is meaningful, it is a sense of purpose, and a sense of purpose involves a meaningful direction. It's essential, <laughs> and it comes naturally, but one must el- eliminate the unnecessary to, to realize and focus upon the essential. So cut away what's unnecessary, whether it's relationships that are harmful, or activities that really just waste your time, or a certain length of time in a certain activity that's ultimately a waste of time. You can play your video game for an hour, but three is probably a waste of your time. Those two other hours are probably better spent with something else. So obviously there are countless applications, but um, while I agree with them that um, a clear understanding of life purpose by knowing what I value, uh, what I value, uh, con- the the perpetuation, the perpetu- the development, and and the continuance of doing what I value is my direction. My direction is to continue in adherence to my values, and that's meaningful. And thereby find, thereby uh, do I find life purpose, or thereby do I know my life purpose. So certainly learn and grow and help. But the, the, the particular direction of learning and growing or helping is, um, is important, is critical <laughs> to knowing, to having a meaningful life with a sense of purpose, is to determine just how, um, uh, how is my, what is my own way of learning and growing through what traditions, what practices, what teachings, what allocation of my time during my day, and just how to help. It's very deep matters, and thereby find one may, will indeed find meaning and value and purpose and happiness. Now, that's not ecstasy. (laughs) Ecstasy is mind-body-trembling bliss. If you say, I'm in ecstasy, you're a fool, and when you're not, I mean, people just don't be sloppy with language. Don't, don't, don't disrespect words. And so to say, I have ecstasy because I have life purpose is, is, is folly, is a mistake, is just a, a sloppy use of words. You may have deep fulfillment and great contentment and great happiness. Yes, yes, yes. 
but don't call it ecstasy because ecstasy <laughs> ecstasy is when you can't talk and you're in bliss and um, your whole being is is vibrating in harmony with um, the one light Godhead as far as I can tell let's not let's not degrade words further so anyway what their way is is um, listening in checking in to um, what their spirits or spirit tells them 24 7 uh, I think that that's adding a head on your head but there's a say no matter what level you're operating at or however you are uh, the key is discernment and so uh, and then when they say the alternative to doing what they do listening to their spirit's direction and then being conscious of energies that would attempt to undermine their ability to do that like basically on on 24 7 radar scan mode for messages and information that they should be receiving and living and acting upon and negative entities attempting to bother them um i think that that is really a tiresome way to live and um obviously not buddhist or taoist and you know if you like it go ahead but i think it's um um adding unnecessary uh, hypervigilance and anxiety that that really is unneeded because um one may one may trust quiet mind one may trust true equanimity one may trust one's feelings and um if one knows if one has a quiet mind <laughs> if one's mind is uh, wild flying around in circles then one needs to address that but to say the alternative is living a life of denial of your spirit um not necessarily theirs is not the only way of um being centered and grounded and present and continuing in what's valuable obviously but then they say a lot of excellent teachings here as well i'd say saying that these twilight masters can emit light they can fluidly speak new age words yeah right they're spiritually attractive they can be it's called charisma um they can be downright dazzling <clears throat> to one who cannot see inside <laughs> to one who sees the outside because they don't want to see the inside because they want a, a leader to follow they want a um stand-in for mo for mommy or daddy they want a stand-in spiritual parent they want a parentified spiritual leader to follow to obey and whose community or family they can be a member of and feel emotional security and happiness within which is kind kindly and cute and nice okay that's great but <laughs> if your leader is um, a deceiver you're going to get trouble and so what they said and they're they're, they're really quite clear these two um after by by time what you'll find after your first high and the honeymoon phase ends then that you're in a nice tight descending nice tight condescend condensing downward spiral not condescending nice tight condensing downward spiral meaning your life is getting worse <laughs> your life is not doing well you're unhappy or you're losing your family you're losing your friends and all you do is uh, slave for the temple or you're angry more or you're intolerant you're not well now some people can't see that and some people will deny it um 
but it happens. And so the seduction of these teachers say the right things, but their actions don't match their words. They're unrestrained or they are self-asserting. They are pushy. They are demanding. They are controlling. And so the line is uh, love versus control. The way of the negative is control and ordering and demanding and conditionally giving. Um, meanwhile, you know, again, a sangha, a tr any true sangha has rules. Um, no, you can't uh, punch monks in the mouth. Sorry, you need to talk to them. And so if you wish to do certain things, you'll be thrown out. I think that's very fair. I don't think that's controlling. Um, there's fair and unfair. And so anyway, it's pretty obvious. So uh, usually an increase of struggle in your life when you spend a lot of time with them. And their job uh, from the big picture is to help us develop discernment. And they're unaware of that. <laughs> they're also generally unhappy because, yes, indeed, they're being used by negative entities. The dark forces here is... Uh, astral black magicians, you know, mid-astral plane, lower astral plane thought forms, mid-astral plane, upper, uh, you know, 3.5 negative black magicians, 4D negative, Orion negative entities. These are so-called dark forces who lie very well and can stimulate heart chakra, actually, but um, uh, are doing that in, in a way of seeking to control. And so uh, they are commonly very wounded people, right? Hurt people, hurt people. Um, damaged souls, damaged mind souls become twilight masters, corruptors of the way. Um, some of them have no idea that they are. Others are fully conscious that they're that they really seek power and control. I mean, it's all over the place these days, right? False prophets are all over the place, and there are lots of dupes and dumb people to follow along. So they deserve it. What they get is a training in discernment, and um, maybe after they screw up their life and their family and their health and their well-being and their finance, after a few years, um, they'll be able to realize that they were mistaken, and they followed a deceiving, corruptive teacher. Um, and this point is very subtle. They're saying that uh, the fact that they were or are so tormented is often what seduces others who think if they could just love or help them enough to see the light, they'd rescue them, their teacher, from their own, their teacher's own torment. We can see that with some people that we may know, that we talk about. Um, it's very common. <laughs> I can say it. I can see the mind uh, of those damaged teachers. Um, they mm, um, are partly attractive because some of the followers um, at Justice said here um, recognize the wounding of their teacher, the wounded healer, and want to follow a wounded teacher because my daddy and mommy were so wounded too. I need a daddy and a mommy because I didn't get love. And I want my mother or my father's love because they never loved me. They never had time for me. They were too busy with work or I was the fifth child or something, something. And I feel sorry for them too. And I wanted to help them too. And now I can um, revisit that un 
fulfilled work of childhood of both getting their love and helping them heal. Um, which is noble. It's nice to get love and it's nice to help others heal. But if the teacher is a corrupter of the way, they will use you and put them around their thumb or sign you up and, and drain you out. Um, pimp you out in whatever way the organization needs. <laughs> we see this with all sorts of groups today. Meanwhile, um, we all have lack of discernment. We all um, can develop greater discernment. This point, the forces of limitation are periodically checking in to see what your Achilles heel might be. This is um, very much in line with Nichinanda's comment that every, ex every moment is a test or a testing. Um, and yes, once you pass this test, the next one comes up later <laughs> or soon. And so when, when one gets beyond the shallow <laughs> coarseness of um, material ambition, Elmer J. Fudd, I have a mansion and a yacht, one, get, one gets beyond that, then there's various uh, traps of spiritual materialism. I want high states. I want, I love to hear myself speak, so I'll talk yakety yak 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 on and on and, and, and make trouble with my mouth because I love to hear myself speak, but I don't want your money or your sex or your this or that. So <laughs> there are higher and higher and more and more subtle attachments that broke, get broken, that must get broken, like the ten fetters. Right along the four stages of awakening in Buddhism, one breaks the ten fetters successively over time, and the higher are far more subtle than the lower. And so, whether it's forces of limitation periodically checking in, or simply the way the path proceeds, um, testing continues. But one doesn't have to be thinking all the time. Testing. Where's the testing? What's the testing? And one can take, take it easy and, and let trouble come to you rather than go searching for it. Uh, but it's very true that when you finish with one set of challenges or I'm not attached there anymore, I'm clear on that patch of doubt and confusion now and I'm not doing those things or I'm not falling into these patterns of wrong action, wrong speech that were harmful to me and you but there are more subtle attachments that I'm not aware of and distortions and ignorance and wrong view that I have yet to address. Um, and so I think, again, they've done a very fine job with this page, and I've referred it to many people over the years. Um, being confronted here with darkness disguised as light, then the fact that... Um, you can even challenge, and this somebody is going to ask me this, unfortunately. Like Carla said to challenge the entity, and if they, if you challenge them in the name of Jesus or this or that, they have to be honest. Well, it might be that within certain cases they can lie, and in other cases they can't. Uh, I don't know everything, and so the view here is um, you can ask the channel, the source that that appears to be coming through transmitting, challenge it in the name of the of, of Jesus or God or spiritual power, and then what? Ross said that they have to tell the truth, and if they're negative, they'll say what? I'm negative here to control you? Well, that doesn't always happen. Uh, I, don't, I don't do spiritual challenge and channeling. 
so I don't recommend it, actually, ever. Uh, you got enough, don't you think? Hmm? Isn't the raw material in Buddhism enough? Why do you need to do channeling? So, uh, but here the view is that um, you can challenge them and, and negative entities will lie and <laughs> tell you, give you more flowery words, um, but the intention is to control. And so you've got to look beyond just the words and see the actions, right? Words don't matter, actions do, something like that. Words do matter, but uh, liars lie and their words don't matter. And what they do is of control and um, intrusion and manipulation and exploitation and using and draining and taking. So it's okay, it's important to listen to the words, <laughs> but it's important to recognize whether the words that sound good are uh, accompanied by actions that are of love and freedom and support and encouragement and um, if indeed one is doing better and better. And so if one is indeed working with uh, a true teacher or a teaching, um, over time one will be doing better and better. Uh, unless one has a big self-sabotage program. And that's another matter. All right. So, and this point about they're focused on helping people do the right things, also very insightful. Um, these corruptors of the way, selfish, self-serving, are very much focused at the physical level that they'll say this or they'll say that, but the real point is to make sure you do this or that or don't do that and do this. Very much about physical behavioral control. And um, that just seems to be uh, very common these days. <laughs> and people, lots of humans want to be controlled. So it's really messy. They feel like if you control me, being controlled and shepherded and, and herded in the group, I feel loved and safe and secure. Right. And this point, um, and again, I think this is very uh, deep. And the final points here, um, number one, it's the way they hold you in their consciousness, how they see you, that undermines your magnificence, that is undermining. The way they see their followers or the people around them is the tell of their service to self corrupted nature. But you've got to see their mind, <laughs> not just their words. Uh, observe their behavior uh, and also consider how they're seeing you. That's a very subtle discernment. Finally, at the bottom here, more, I think, very fine insight, they say, um, we honor that your spirit has already been telling you about this, meaning anybody who's listening here probably realizes the importance of discernment. We're just providing a model, this model in the form of words, a word model, to be able for you to be able to articulate to yourself and others what you have already intuitively known. All learning as remembrance, Socrates saying in the Plato in the cave, <clears throat> that we know all <laughs> the subconscious, the deep mind in time space, higher self. What knowledge is missing? Well, higher self knows all up to sixth density. Not too much missing. Um, what's beyond late sixth density? They don't know. True. But all the way up there, they do know. That's available in the deep mind. And so when we consciously discover this kind of spiritual metaphysical truth, uh, essential truths, um, it's remembering what we've already known or it's making conscious what we intuitively already knew. 
And this last two points, I think, is very beautiful. Your discernment is quite probably more developed than you realize. All you have to do is stop discounting what you know. Stop discounting. And acknowledge, I know this, and I know that, and I know the other. Or I think it's indeed quite true. It's enough. And then move on to something else. Discernment, you know, we, we, we get impressions all the time about people and this and that. If we could but stop undercutting ourselves, we'd be able to more fully, most people, undercutting themselves. When people do, when we do, we don't realize that we may actually have already glimpsed or grasped the truth or seen clearly. We may observing, we may, our observation may be of clear seeing. But if there's a deep sense that it can't be that simple, how could I know right away? There must be more. I guess there's more. There's always more. Um, I don't want to make assumptions. I shouldn't be judging. I don't want to blame them. I want to be a nice person. Or, um, how could it be so, how could I know? Uh, or I dare not admit <laughs> that this is true. Uh, these are ways of discounting what we know. Discounting the knowing of a clear seeing that hasn't yet been fully um, recognized consciously. Knowing prior to conscious validation, affirmation. Uh, but, uh, and that's sort of knowing you know rather than not knowing you know. And um, it's also another point, and, and I have to, the time is over here, but indeed, what we often, what I <laughs> feel frustrated about, what I think a lot of us feel frustrated about, is people who don't know they don't know. People saying something which is patently false or mistaken or deficient or de deformed and, de and distorted, they don't know they don't know. They think they know. They don't know they don't know. And we have to now realize they really don't know they don't know. They don't know what they're doing is harmful. They don't know what they're saying is mistaken. They don't know they don't know so much. They don't realize how little they know. They don't realize and know um, that they've been, uh, that they're doing harm to self and other, or that they're not even listening. They don't know. But I, we can know that they don't know um, what it seems clear they don't know. And if you can't talk about it, it's probably because you can't, you don't know it. If they can't talk about it, it's probably because they don't know it, they can't know it, or they don't want to know it now. But what a person truly doesn't want to know now, we can say they can't know now. They can't know now what they're committed to not knowing now. This is a big deal. And so this is compassion and wisdom, or wisdom-based compassion. I see you, he, she does the same thing or doesn't do what seemed to be useful or helpful or what I'm asking or what <laughs> what you agreed you'd do. You don't do, you're not doing, or you're hurting yourself or you're hurting me or you're breaking a promise. Um, you don't even know that that's happening because you can't talk about it. When I ask, you avoid it, something like that. Or uh, so there's doing and knowing. Um, people doing harm, not knowing it, not doing good, not knowing it, knowing 
mistakenly or mistaken views they don't know are mistaken uh, opinions that are true that they don't realize are true and this is what this going here is not knowing that we're already knowing or can be because we're seeing clearly so anyway <laughs> the path goes on to and fro goes the way on the seventh day comes release said the I Ching so to and fro goes the way on the seventh day comes return uh, which we all eagerly await so um, that's today and um, an interesting um, an interesting transit from uh, Chunda Sutta in the uh, Sutta Nepata to the Twilight Masters from uh, Savizar and Silara um, despite their regular name changes they had a lot of wisdom actually or they brought a lot of very fine teaching here so I hope it's been useful. Thanks for listening. Take good care of yourselves, and good night.